This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Monday, Marlins Nation. Welcome into Marlins Rewind. The Fish complete the sweep over the Cubs 4-3 yesterday. They moved to 16-13, four-game win streak. Welcome in here, Steven Strom, as always. And for the recap, as always, here is your radio voice of the Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Another terrific afternoon for the Miami Marlins here at Lone Depot Park. They beat the Chicago Cubs by a final score of 4-3. to three. It is the first series sweep of, for the Marlins this season. They are now 10-0 and in one-run games. Today marked their eighth come-from-behind victory of 2023. And the Miami Marlins have now won seven of their last nine series in which they've played. The Marlins beat the Cubs 4-3 to three this afternoon. We welcome back in my broadcast partner, Rod Allen. And Rod, what a terrific day for Miami Marlins baseball. I thought Brian Hoeing was very good. The bullpen was very good. The offense was really, really good as well. But let me start in one particular area. How about the base running for the Miami Marlins here today? Well, I think they've taken on the uh, the characteristics of their manager. And it's one of the things that uh, Skip Schumacher talked about the very first day of spring training. Uh, you can control your base running and the energy that you run the bases with. And I think it took a while uh, for the team to start to play with this kind of energy, but they have. And I think it kind of woke up for them in that doubleheader in Cleveland where they were hitting and running, and they were running first and third, and they were bunting for base hits. I think that particular day they kind of identified, you know what, we can do this, and we're a much better team when we have this kind of energy. So I do love the base running today. Let's start uh, additionally with the offense here. This afternoon for the Marlins, multi-hit performances included two guys, Garrett Hampson and John Birdie, and they bookended this entire lineup today, and those two were very, very productive. Well, against a guy like Justin Steele, who started for the, uh, the Chicago Cubs, he was one of your better pitchers in all of baseball statistically. Uh, he doesn't have a blazing fastball. So it was imperative for the guys to somehow get on base and then get some traffic moving, and that's what Birdie and Hampson do best. They're guys that don't strike out that often, and then when they do get on the base pass, they create some havoc, and they were able to do that. Additionally, offensively for the Marlins today, Luis Arise had himself a hit. He was one for three. He had a couple of RBIs. Arise today set club records for the month of April with a 443 batting average. That beat D. Strange Gordon's 409 mark in April of 2015. And his now 511 on base percentage beat Luis Castillo's 500 mark in April of 2000. Can you uh, eloquently and um, passionately, maybe, Rod, summarize what Luis Arise has meant to this ball club so far this season? Well, he's just a baller. Uh, I mean, and he comes as advertised. I mean, everybody that I talk to after... Uh, they acquired him from the Minnesota Twins for Pablo Lopez. They said, you're going to love this guy. He's got a lot of energy. He loves to play the game. He always has a smile on his face. He's a good team player, and he's a good teammate. So we've seen all that in the month of April. Uh, the guy coming into play today had taken 161 swings 
total, and he only whiffed at 12 of those. So his hand-eye coordination is as good, if not the best, in all the baseball. I just love him, and I'm sure that the, the Marlins are happy they have him. And they're probably going to have to lock him up for the foreseeable future, the way this guy's playing. Don't have to do it right now, but uh, certainly in the next year. And how about Brian Hoeing for you today? You know, he gave them a nice start, five innings. This is the best start he's had in the big leagues. He used his sinker at the bottom of the strike zone. There's a lot of soft contact off the Cubs' bats against Hoeing. I think Fortes led him beautifully. They called that sinker-slider combination, and they really kept a good Chicago Cubs team off balance. I mean, this Cubs team, when they rolled in here, uh, on Friday, it was one of your better offensive teams in all of baseball on the road, and they just kind of slowed them down with some good pitching from the starters and out of the bullpen. Always a pleasure to work with you, Rod. Uh, enjoy your off day, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Absolutely, buddy. Nice job. All right, that's Rod Allen. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Let's take a listen to the highlights from this 4-3 to one-run win for the Marlins this afternoon. By the way, the Marlins are now 10-0 and in one-run games to start the season. That is tied with five other clubs for the second-best mark all-time. The last team that started 10-0 in one-run games in a season was the 2004 Los Angeles Dodgers. The only club to ever go 11-0 in one-run games to start the season was the 1972 New York Mets. Marlins win this ballgame 4-3. Highlights from this ballgame here today. The Chicago Cubs jumped out to a 1-0 lead in the third after a leadoff triple by Edwin Rios. Dansby Swanson was coming to bat with two outs and a runner on base. He would have to be DFA'd. He has no more options. Here's a ground ball through the left side, rolling into left field. It's a two-out RBI single for Dansby Swanson. And the Cubs have themselves a 1-0 lead here in the third. But the Marlins said not so fast. Garrett Hampson led off the third inning with a double. John Birdie singled. And the Marlins' first run of the ballgame scored today, courtesy thanks to a wild pitch. The 0-2 pitch is swung on and missed. The ball goes to the backstop. Here comes Hampson, and he's going to score. Now the ball gets away from Steele. Birdie went to second. He's going to end up all the way at third. And Cooper is safe at first. Holy cow, it's 1-1 to here in the third. Well, long story short, Cooper was momentarily safe at first, but even with Birdie taking off on the wild pitch. First base still considered occupied. So Cooper was out, but a run did score on the wild pitch. That tied the ball game at one. Then Luis Arise came to the plate. He had an opportunity to give the Marlins a third inning lead. To the infield back, they play him to pull. The pitch is swung on and hit. Back up the middle and a base hit. Luis Arise has put the Marlins out in front. Two to one here in the third. He is such a special player. It was quickly 2-1 to one in favor of the Marlins, but the Chicago Cubs would get it right back. Leading off the fourth inning was Seiya Suzuki. He tripled. I think I said Rios tripled in the third. He doubled to start the third, and he scored on the RBI single from Swanson. Uh, that's neither here nor there. A leadoff triple for Seiya Suzuki in the fourth inning, and that brought Cody Bellinger to the plate with a man at third with nobody out. Here's Cody Bellinger. He's going to play to run with a high fly ball to center field. Jazz makes the catch. Suzuki tags from third, and it's 2-2 two two here in the fourth. There is no And in the bottom of the fourth, the Marlins would regain the lead rather quickly. Jazz Chisholm Jr. facing Justin Steele in the bottom of the fourth, grounded out to second. Then with one out, Nick Fortes singled. He was at first base for Brian De La Cruz, who struck out. But Fortes stole second base, and he was stationed at second base with two outs in the fourth inning. This was a tie game, and Garrett Hampson was at the plate. And here's Garrett Hampson 
He swings and lines it fair over the bag at first, down the right field line. Suzuki's going to pick it up. Hampson's going to have himself a double, scoring all the way from second is Nick Fortes. That's a massive two-out hit for the Marlins here in the bottom of the fourth inning. They retake the lead. It's 3-2. to two. And Marlins have done a marvelous... It would stay that way until the top of the sixth inning. But first, how about the job from Brian Hoeing today? making his second start of the season after his first in Atlanta earlier in the week in which he allowed four runs in three and two-thirds innings. Brian Hoeing wiggled in and out of trouble all day long. He featured a really good sinker that hovered anywhere from 92 to 94. Hoeing left in line for a victory. The Marlins had a 3-2 lead headed to the top of the sixth inning. Andrew Nardi last night allowed a leadoff homer in the top of the sixth inning facing Cody Bellinger. Well, the same circumstance presented itself this afternoon. Nardi relieved Hoeing, and the first man that he saw in the sixth was Cody Bellinger. The 2-0 pitch is crushed high in the air, deep to right field. This thing is way back and gone. Second home run of the series by Cody Bellinger. And just like that, yeah, the Cubs tie the score. Well, Rod, summit. So a no decision for Brian Hoeing. Andrew Nardi then uh, was able to retire the side in order after the homer by Bellinger got Wisdom, Hosmer, and Rios. This was a 3-3 game all the way into the bottom of the eighth inning this afternoon. Keegan Thompson came on for the Chicago Cubs. He walked John Birdie, and then Jesus Sanchez came to the plate. Sanchez had to come into this ball game and play right field in the fifth inning. Garrett Cooper had an upset stomach, so he had to leave the ball game today. Sanchez went to right. Garrett Hampson, who was making his first ever start in right field, went to short. John Birdie went from short to second, and for the first time this season, but certainly not the first time in his career, Luis Arise went from second to first. Arise finished the final five innings in the field at first base. So Sanchez, after the fifth inning, was slotted into the number two spot in the batting order. He followed John Birdie, who walked leading off the bottom of the eighth inning against Keegan Thompson. Sanchez singled to left field. There was some terrific heads-up base running by John Birdie on the sharply struck single to left field. He was able to go first to third. So there was runners at first and third. This was a 3-3 game in the bottom of the eighth inning. There was nobody out, and Luis Arise came to the plate. First and third, nobody out. Here's the pitch to Luis Arise. He swings, hits it in the air, center field. This thing is deep. Bellinger's backing up. He's still going back. He makes the catch. Tagging from third is John Birdie. He'll score easily. Going headfirst into second is Jesus Sanchez. The Miami Marlins have a 4-3 lead over the Cubs here in the eighth. Some sensational, selfless base running by the Marlins in the eighth. They got their fourth run and it's all they would need this afternoon. We would go to the top of the ninth inning. The Marlins had a 4-3 lead. A.J. Puck came on. Uh, Jan Gomes hit a sharply struck line drive to right field that was corralled onto the warning track by Jesus Sanchez. He then punched out Nico Horner looking at a fastball at 96 over the inside corner. And the last hope for the Chicago Cubs this afternoon was their shortstop, Dansby Swanson. Nobody on. Two out. Top of the ninth. The Cubs are down to their final strike. 20,345 come to their feet at Lone Depot Park on this Sunday afternoon. A.J. Puck comes set from the belt. Here's the pitch. Ground ball hit to third. Could do it. Segura comes in. He's got it. Off balance throw to first. Put it in the books, baby. This ball game is over. The Miami Marlins beat the Cubs 4-3. They have swept the Chicago Cubs. 
The Marlins are now 10-0 in one-run games this season. Another come-from-behind win. A.J. Puck puts the finishing touches on another save. And the Marlins improved to 16-13 here in 2023. Outstanding baseball today. It is the first series sweep of the season for the Marlins. It is their eighth come-from-behind victory. They are now 10-0 in one-run games, and they have now won seven of their last nine series. The Marlins are hot. They are rolling. After losing four in a row, they have bounced back to win four in a row. And with the win this afternoon, the Marlins are now 16-13 and 13 here in 2023. On the mound for the Marlins this afternoon, Brian Hoeing started it. A.J. Puck bookended it, and the Miami Marlins punched out six today. That means $150 have been donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, 25 bucks will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you very much. What did we learn? We learned again that Skip Schumacher is pressing every right button. Early on in this game, Garrett Cooper left the game with an upset stomach. Who does he turn to? Skip turns to Jesus Sanchez against a lefty. Trust him in that spot. We talked a little bit about some of the options. Gurriel was banged up, still available. Avi Garcia available, had a tight back. Turns to Jesus Sanchez, who ultimately gets the big base hit in the eighth inning that moved Birdie from first to third. And then, of course, a rise uh, with the sacrifice fly brought Birdie home. And that's all the Marlins needed. Four to three was your final. All right, let's listen to Skip Schumacher following the 4-3 win and the sweep over the Chicago Cubs. The reigning batting champion up there, and he gets a sacrifice fly, which you need. Just is there a person you probably want up there more in that situation other than Arias? No. I don't think there's anyone in the league right now. It's just the way he's going about it. Uh, you know he's going to put the ball in play. Uh, you know he's going to hit hard somewhere. Um, righty, lefty, it just doesn't matter. Um, you know, you want him up as many times as you can in the game. And it's, it's uh, you know, we've put him at the leadoff, three, four, whatever, and um, he's come through no matter where he's at. Um, time and time again, it's just special to watch. Obviously, with him hitting over 400, you talk about that, but his defense as well, uh, very solid at second, and now today when you needed him at Ferris Hill was always, I mean, he was solid, solid too there, so what can you say about that part of his game as well? Yeah, he played a lot more first last year than he played second. And so watching him play um, second base and, you know, working hard at it. Um, you know, Segura pulled him uh, aside in spring training and, you know, uh, both of them kind of new positions, I guess. Uh, they both played there before, but, you know, newer uh, from last year, the year before. And they worked almost every morning um, and still work before each game, uh, whether it's one-on-one -on -one individually and you know there's there's a reason why they're doing so well defensively because they're working at it it's not just happening it's not, there's no magic pill to this thing so especially on the defensive side and um you know you can you can tell the work is paying off one month in how would you assess the team so far um things you like things you don't like and then after that after you answer that garrett hampson what have you seen from him obviously not just today but ever since he's been with you guys this year it's not much not to like um, i don't like injuries uh, that's it but um, there's a lot to like there's a lot of fight in that club uh, comeback wins early on shows you you know what kind of club you have um, the pitching has been great in my opinion you know there's some bullpen numbers that are inflated early 
but that's only because it's early, right? Mm-hmm. You can have one bad outing, and all of a sudden your bullpen numbers are, are skewed a little bit. But for the most part, these guys have been really, really good in different roles. Um, whatever we've thrown at them, they've taken on. And that's what's been probably the most impressive part to me is no matter the position player or the pitcher, whatever role we've put them in, they've they've grabbed a hold of it and, and dominated it. So um, really encouraged by that. I think our base running has been a lot better, cleaned a lot of stuff up. Um, some stuff today that wasn't ideal, uh, but um, I think, you know, Birdie, he's aggressive. I'll take my chances with Birdie and delayed steals. And if we have some tip or tell, then, you know, we're going to try to do it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, you know, as long as there's a reason behind it, you go for it. Um, but I think uh, a lot of encouraging stuff on the pitching side. The hitting's going to get there. There's guys that are working through some stuff. Um, and, you know, probably I would say probably everyone but Arias is probably happy where they're at. Everyone else is, like, you know, trying to work through some stuff. But they're getting key hits at the right time. And um, so that shows, you know, they're taking each at bat, um, you know, they're, they're doing something different each at bat to, and, and flushing out the, the negative and really believing that they can do something positive at the next at bat. With Cooper out, what led to Sanchez being the guy up next? Yeah, Cooper had an upset stomach, uh, so we didn't want to keep him, keep rolling him out there. Yuli got hit in the elbow really hard yesterday. And it didn't seem like that was the play. He was available if needed. But the, uh, the, he, the how he played through nine innings yesterday, I'm not really sure um, the way it, the way it looked, um, you know, during the game. But he was not coming out of the game. Um, today was a little more tender, but he said he could he could play. I just felt like um, I had a healthy Sanchez put him in the outfield. Arises played first. It's not. I didn't think we were sacrificing anything defensively with with that situation. What about Avi? Is he a little banged up? Or? Yeah, he's got. A, he had a stiff back uh, the last couple of days. <laughs> Again, available, but they weren't. Um, but you know, if I have another healthy guy, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that guy in there. I, I just believe in whoever's on the bench that they can come in and fill fill any void. Owing, um, obviously, just his third career start, but the longest outing of his career. Were there any talks between you and Mel about going to get him if he didn't retire Horner there in the fourth, and then obviously seeing him bounce back in the fifth? What do you think about that? Um, yeah, there was talks. Yeah, we we were gonna maybe go to uh, either Barnes or, or Nardi. Um, if that didn't go, uh, he didn't get Horner there. He, he dug in. I mean, it's he was a reliever coming out of spring, and now he's you know doing some spot starts and because of of need, and he's done a great job. And he had to go out in the fifth because of where our bullpen was. It was just taxed. A lot of guys down today. Um, so for him to go out and get a clean fifth. Um, was huge for us and for the club and you could tell that he was fighting through that thing and you know um, but you know he wanted it we wanted it for him and um, you know luckily we uh, we came in with the scoreless in the fifth any conversations with him immediately after that um, just or maybe like any looks that he like enjoyed look at jubilation once he got through that after five uh, after he could uh, he probably knew he was done but any conversations you had with him after good job yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we got a long game left. A yeah, lot of game of left. Yeah. In your, I guess, uh, analysis of the first month, what makes you, you know, maybe optimistic that 
you could sustain this kind of, whether it's one-run games or just the ability to compete night in and night out? I just think our offense is better than what it's showing. So there's a lot of guys that haven't clicked yet and don't feel great, and they're starting to feel better. Um, so when you're winning games, when a lot of your guys aren't feeling great right now, that's a really good sign. And we've played some really tough teams. Every team in the major leagues is tough. I don't want to discredit that, but there's been some really tough matchups and some really good arms. That team's been playing really well that we just beat. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's good players all over the place. But I, I feel really good because um, they're, the, the offense isn't, isn't exactly clicking yet, and I think we still have a lot of time left for that to happen. What did you see in center field with the Jazz? Yeah, you see guys break in on line drives all the time that have played there for their whole life. So I, stuff's still going to happen, and uh, that's that's okay. But like I said yesterday, the, the strides that he's made is just insane. You're still get, He's still going to see stuff that he's never seen before. That's one of them. Um, but that's okay. It's you know part of it, and guys are going to you know um, make errors at shortstop and second base too. I mean, it's just what it is on bad reads, and um, that it, We'll, we'll, I'll take my chances with Jazz uh, any day of the week. Luis Rice, your NL Player of the Month. I mean, I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I haven't looked at anyone else's stats, but I got it. He'd be my vote. Yes, winning series, just the importance of finally getting that sweep. Yeah, I don't look at it like that. I just look at trying to win every game uh, that you can when there's there's winnable games. And, you know, we try to, we, we preach or we talk about a lot of winning each series. I think that's that's really the goal is to win each series. And, um, you know, when you come in at a 12 o'clock game, quick turnaround uh, with some guys banged up and, um, you know, a spot starter, so to speak, and you can you can win one of those games, that's uh, it's huge for our club and um, really nice heading into the off day. If there were over 20,000 fans out there, and yes, there were obviously Cubs fans, but um, how important is it for you guys to have the city behind you? Um, obviously, you guys believe, but to have them believe alongside, how, how big a step is that for you guys? I mean, it's huge. I mean, it's the, that's the greatest thing when you can play in front of fans. I mean, that's why we play the game is to play in front of the fans and for the fans, right? I mean, it's we we also make a living, uh, you know, playing a game we love, but you know, having a full stadium feels much different than having an empty stadium. So, you know, as many of our fans that we can get, uh, the better. And um, it got loud there. It was exciting. Um, when Puck came in the ninth, that was exciting. When Arias got the sack fly, that was exciting. It was loud. Um, so there might have been Cubs fans, but it felt like it was a home crowd when uh, when those two things happened. So um, really good energy, and hopefully we can get more of that, you know, in the future. Okay, that was Skip Schumacher. Let's head down to listen to what Brian Hoeing had to say following his five-inning outing, gave up two runs over five hits. Tanner Scott got the win, but a really nice performance from Brian Hoeing. <laughs> what a, just to get over the hump, to get those five innings for you, just how important was that? It was huge. Um, <clears throat> I think as a starter, your goal is to go as far as you can to give the bullpen um, somewhat of a little bit of a break. Um, I wanted to go six, but unfortunately I was only able to get to five. Um, and then to, to have the bullpen to be able to come in there and, and help me um, um, just kind of secure the win, uh, that was huge. Um, but, yeah, as a, bull, as a starter, your goal is just to go as long as you can. And, um, I'll take five innings. How does it feel to be a part of that? This team is finding ways, you know, put, piecing it together right now to get there with some of the injuries to the starters to be part of that and do that. Yeah, that's great. Win. Yeah. It's great. I think I might have heard uh, – might have been our – I don't, know. I don't know how many one-run games Ten. we've won. Ten. Um, Four in a row. Yeah. Too. You know what they say, good teams win one-run games, and I think to be considered a good team. Um, and it's just it's cool um, to be able to come up here and, and help contribute to a win. 
feels great. Um, it's good for the team to get a sweep against a, a solid Cubs team this year is huge, and uh, hopefully we can take that moment, momentum on to the next series with the Braves. What was the conversation with Mel in that fourth inning before the uh, corner that came up? Yeah. Any conversation? What specifically did you guys talk about ahead of him? He just said, yeah, he just said, uh, stay on the attack. Um, use both sides of the plate. Don't shy away from your sinker. Um, that's who you are as a pitcher. Um, and we were just looking to attack him in and uh, hopefully to get some, some weak contact for him to roll over. Um, and I think that was the 3-2 strikeout slider. And 40 kept calling um, slider, and I kept shaking the sinker. And finally, I was like, all right, let's hit the slider. He's seen enough fastballs here. And I was able to flip in a, a slider there for a strike, which is a big point in the, in the situation um, to keep the game going. All right, we are off today. Thank goodness we have an off day. Very nice. A nice little recovery day on a Monday. We are back at it Tuesday as the Atlanta Braves head into town. Now, the Braves are playing a doubleheader against the Mets today, so maybe they can come in a little foggy. I don't know. Marlins have some rest. We're back at it at 640. I've got Marlins on deck at 610. As always, thanks for tuning in to the Marlins Rewind. Let's flip the M together, Miami. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.